Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the unexpected innovator. We are all incredibly creative, but maybe we've forgotten how. I've spent my career working with people from more than 150 countries, traveling the world, and experiencing cultures. And what I found? Creativity is everywhere. We've got a gargantum challenge facing us, as we need to redesign a more sustainable planet. This podcast explores modern-day innovation in the age of sustainability. I'll interview some of the most prolific thinkers, creators, and educators on their journey to create sustainable incomes and businesses. My guests and I will teach you how to be creative, create business models, and explore curiosity with the courage to level up in your career. Join me every Wednesday for a new edition of Where Ideas Launch, the podcast. Welcome to our episode. Dr. Alexander Osterwalder is one of the world's most influential innovation experts, a leading author, entrepreneur, and in-demand speaker whose work has changed the way established companies do business and how new ventures get started. Alex is known for simplifying the strategy development process and turning complex concepts into digestible visual models. He invented the business model canvas, value proposition canvas, and the business model portfolio map practical tools that are trusted by millions of business practitioners from leading global companies. Strategizer, Osterwalder's company, provides online courses, applications, and technology-enabled services to help organizations effectively and systematically manage strategy, growth, and transformation. His books include the international bestseller, Business Model Generation, Value Proposition Design, how to create products and services customers want, testing business ideas, and the invincible company that published in spring 2020. So I'm excited to welcome Alexander Osterwalder to Where Ideas Launch, the podcast. So Alex, you were ranked joint number four thinker in the world. Your books are staples in universities and companies across the planet and you were creating methods that change the trajectory and outcomes of many businesses. I believe that business leaders, especially the influential ones, have a burning unanswered question that propels them forward. Alex, I'd love to know, what's your why? What questions gets you out of bed every morning with a burning desire to solve it? Good question, what gets me out of bed every morning? Um, I just love what I'm doing, you know, um, making business tools to help people do a better job is something I really enjoy. You know, when we see people and companies um, who can't innovate, that can't innovate, we ask ourselves, well, what's still missing? What's what's wrong? We don't blame the companies. We don't blame the people. We ask ourselves, and when I say we, it's with my co-author, Yves Pinier, we ask what are the tools and processes that are still missing or unclear? You know, where could we contribute to uh, help them do a better job, to create change, to create impact? And then the fun part is once we kind of figure out the challenge, we try to work on it, we play around with different concepts, and then we uh, prototype tools that we test with real business people out there and try to make them better and better. We're very visual in the work we do. So then um, we write books around the tools, around the topics, and, and it's just a fun process. And then, of course, it's very gratifying when you see 
people using the tools, reading the books, and uh, actually making a difference. So that's what gets me up uh, every morning. That's fantastic, Alex. We know in our world today, we have a burning platform of sustainability. And I don't just mean the climate. There are many levers of sustainable development, which include education, healthcare, water, and food for all, as well as general well-being, the climate crisis. In your work, what do you currently see as the role of business in solving these problems? Interesting question. How do I currently see the role of business in solving these uh, problems? I really think uh, business can make a difference. You know, great companies, they create value in, in four ways. So number one, they create value for customers. And we shouldn't underestimate that. You know, companies create new uh, products, new services. That creates value. That advances the world. Then they create value for their organization, uh, for the owners, for the uh, uh, shareholders. And, and that is very good. It's value creation. But of course, that's not enough, right? That keeps companies alive. We also, you know, love companies that create value for employees, a really important stakeholder. And don't underestimate the impact, you know, you can have as a leader or as an owner or CEO of an organization. When you have 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 or 100,000 people, and you create better working conditions you create a space where people can enjoy their work every day and do their best work, you'll actually create a better world. That will have a big impact. You know, happy employees will go home and be happy, uh, you know, uh, citizens in their families and, and happy in the society. So that's that's very important. But then there's the third, the fourth one, and I think that area is uh, extremely important, which is, you know, making a difference in society, having an impact in, in society. And, you know, take uh, uh, the founder of Patagonia, um, uh, Yvonne Chouinard, you know, he didn't settle for just building a company. Um, the vision was to really, you know, have an impact on sustainability. So today the mission of, uh, of Patagonia is we're in business to save our home planet. So there, you know, they definitely, definitely make a difference. Or Paul Polman uh, who was CEO of Unilever, you know, who reoriented the company to focus not just on profits, but uh, really on sustainability and not at the expense of profits, but in harmony uh, with profits. So I think that is that is very um, important and impressive. And I think, you know, more and more, not just a, a nice to have, it's something that companies need to do just to retain their employees and to attract new talent because today, you know, a lot of um, young people or, uh, um, you know, great talent, they want to work for a company that they can stand behind that's really making a difference. So creating value for society is something that's incredibly important for uh, organizations. So those are four layers where, um, you know, companies can really make a difference. Alex, it's so exciting to hear senior leaders in strategy recognizing that a happy employee is a happy business. You know, we spend a lot of time at work as employees, so those hours there are, are important in our lives. So businesses who create a great work environment, they will really make a difference. And, you know, take um, founders uh, like Mark Benioff, founder of Salesforce. He wrote a book 
on uh, you know the power of business as the greatest platform for change. He wrote a book called Trailblazer, and he really makes a case for uh, businesses as a change agent. And I really do believe that. You know, when when we work uh, on innovation and help large companies reinvent themselves, we also have to ask ourselves as strategizers, well, why are we doing that? What's what's our why? And the reason is not, you know, just to help them make more money or to, you know, for us to have uh, great assignments that are interesting and pay well. No, it's also, and I think that's the main motivation for myself, it's to, to help more, to create more resilient companies that, you know, can, can survive a crisis. And that means, you know, having more stable workplaces. Because when a large company has to lay off 10,000, 20,000, or 50,000 people, as has been the case, you know, in some companies with COVID-19, that is very, very painful uh, for the employees. And it's very costly for regions and, and governments. So innovation is something that can really make a difference, not just financially. Uh, it's really something that can create enormous value for society. So that's what gets me excited about uh, innovation, you know, creating value for customers, creating value for businesses, and of course, creating value, uh, you know, for employees to create more stable workplaces. And ultimately, some of the great innovations, they create value for society, for the environment. So if you take Tesla, this whole idea of not just building, a, you know, electric vehicles, but building a company that is transcending industry boundaries and, uh, you know, uh, focusing on, on solar energy in general with uh, rooftop uh, tiles, with batteries in order to um, fuel the electric vehicles. That's a great, great case of an organization that is uh, making a difference. And there are more and more of those. And that's what's really exciting these days that you have leaders and businesses that really understand that they can make a difference in the world and they can be agents of positive change. And that's exciting. Alex, thank you so much for that. You've shared with us four great ways of creating and sustaining value in organizations, which is focus on the customer, focus on shareholders, focus on employees, focus on society. And this is the ingredient, the key ingredient to having a resilient company. Now, I know from your work that innovation is heavily influenced by a company's culture. I attended your Strategizer Masterclass in May. What do you think are the top three things that companies with a great innovation culture do to sustain that culture and expand their economic lives? I'm very interested in how you have brought this into your work. Great question about the top three things you know, to help companies sustain an innovation culture. We created something that we create called the, um, you know, innovation culture scorecard, um, innovation readiness. And there we focus on three areas and they sound kind of trivial when you mention them like that, but I'll, I'll give you some examples. So the first area is uh, leadership support, you know, around portfolio allocation, uh, the time that uh, leaders spend on innovation, et cetera, et cetera. That's where leaders can make a difference. They need to invest in a portfolio of innovation initiatives and not just one, because in innovation, you can't pick the winner. Turns out, actually, that you'd have to invest in 250 projects 
in order to create one outlier. So when you're an established company, you need to invest in at least 250 projects to create a big success that can go into the hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, if you're a smaller organization, that may, might be three projects to invest in to get one winner. But the ratio is that you know you can't pick the winner. And in the venture capital world, in the startup world, we know that for ages because there is no venture capital investor that believes they can pick the winner. They've done this for a long time and they still can't. So they invest in a portfolio where one company they invest in will create the return for the entire portfolio. So we need the same kind of logic uh, in established organizations. So besides the execution business, the execution portfolio, managing the businesses that you have, you need to create a portfolio of uh, innovation projects. So that's you know, one of the themes in the first area, leadership support so, and investing in a portfolio and resource allocation. The second area is organizational design. So no company today doesn't have innovation activities, but mostly it's innovation theater. That's what Steve Blank, you know, the inventor of the uh, lean startup movement, Rita McGrath, from Columbia Business School, myself, we call innovation theater. It's for the show. There are activities there, but they're not real. So what you really want is to give innovation power. And that's a relatively easy thing to do. You know, so either it's the CEO who spends time on innovation. My favorite example is, is uh, Bracken Darrell, who spends 40 to 60% of his time on innovation. Or you need to have a co-CEO who uh, uh, fully you know, focuses on innovation. So a great example there is the Chinese company uh, Ping An in uh, finance and insurance. They transformed themselves to, you know, a company that transcended industry boundaries and became a tech player when uh, Peter Ma, the founder, said, we're going to get disrupted. We need to invest in innovation. And he established a co-CEO with Jessica Tan, who focused entirely on innovation. So it wasn't somebody reporting to the CEO, you know, because then you kind of uh, subordinate the innovation activities to the execution activities. No, it was at the same level of power. So it's very, very important that you give innovation power either by having the CEO focus on innovation that symbolically signals that innovation is important. People will realize that it's not a career suicide to go into innovation. Or the alternative is that you um, install innovation at the same level um, as the CEO. So both of these options give uh, innovation power and signal to the company that it's very important. And then the third area of uh, innovation culture is actually the easiest one. It's uh, innovation practice. So you need to establish the right tools and processes in your organization, but also establish the right skills and experience. Because just like uh, you know, becoming a world-class manager, uh, you don't do that overnight. So becoming a world-class innovator, you, know, you have to gain experience. I like to compare this to the medical profession. You know, a, a doctor, let's say, say a heart surgeon, has to go through medical school, learn you know, physiology, anatomy, uh, for a very long time and then become an intern until you become a heart surgeon it takes a lot of time, a lot of practice. 
So the same in business, you have to learn the anatomy and physiology of business to learn how it works, but you also have to practice because you can't learn business from reading books, entrepreneurship from reading books, innovation from reading books, just like you can't become a doctor or surgeon just by reading books. So there are very strong similarities. So the right talent and experience in innovation is crucial because it's a completely different profession than management. So those are the three areas you need to invest in, leadership, support, organizational design, and innovation practice. And that's how you will help innovation become sustainable in your organization. It's fun you know, to see with a strategizer how we're getting into companies and we do these assessments to see how companies are innovating or not. You know, are they performing innovation theater? And then once you visualize that, uh, the leaders really realize that they need to change and they need to you know, perform their innovation activities in a completely different way. So innovation, uh, I think today's growing up, is maturing and uh, companies are really realizing that what was good five, ten years ago is not good enough anymore. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on Where Ideas Launched a Podcast. This session was so informative, so indicative of what makes a company strong and resilient. Thank you for all the work that you do, and we look forward to you joining us again in the future. Thank you, Alex. And thank you to our listeners. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you today by the Depot Virtual Service Hub. The Virtual Service Hub is our digital transformation strategy service that supports startups needing to optimize their processes and their performance to scale up for growth. We also help medium-sized firms in modernizing their operations and our services include sustainable strategy, analytics, and tech enablement. To find out more, contact Catherine Ann Byam on LinkedIn.